Grace and peace in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you all. And welcome to worship with Morrisville Presbyterian Church. Welcome to those of you that worship with us often. Welcome to those of you who have not worshiped with us in a while. Welcome to those of you who are worshiping with us for the first time. It is a joy to be able to worship with all of you this Sunday. Today is also a day that we give thanks for the mothers in our lives and those that have been like mothers to us. We remember a mother in God that supports and comforts us and walks with us on our journey through life. And for that reason, we give thanks. On this fifth Sunday of Easter, we are reminded of the stories of the resurrected Christ in John as well as the Gospel of Luke. We recognize the ways that God shows up in our midst in unexpected yet powerful ways. There is much to pray about. There are many reasons to give thanks. There are many reasons to worship God. So let us worship God together. If you have your home worship bulletin, we invite you to join in our call to worship. As the sun set over the village of Emmaus, Jesus took bread, blessed and broke it, and gave it to his friends. Then their eyes were opened and they recognized him. Today we gather to behold the risen Lord. May our eyes be opened to recognize Jesus in our midst. Praise the Lord. Let us worship God together. Today marks the end of the eighth week since the church has been closed. For two months, we have huddled into our homes. We have washed our hands rigorously. We have watched toilet paper rise and fall in fame. 
We have reacquainted ourselves with walks. We have toiled in gardens. We have crossed too many things off of our calendars. We have been worried about the health and safety of our friends, of our family, and even ourselves. We have tried to and indeed have endured through two months of the most unique experience of our lives. It has been challenging. And a lot of us can feel a sense of weariness as we try to go through something that is so long we can't even begin to plan for it. I do not know how long this will last. But what I do know is that we as a church have gone through these past two months with vulnerability and courage that inspires myself, it inspires Pastor Rachel, it inspires the staff, it inspires tons of people that I have spoken with throughout the congregation to get through each day. And so to mark this time, a time of two months of being in our homes and away from our church, I invite you to hear this blessing by John Donahue. I invite you to close your eyes and as I say these words, feel God's comfort and support wash over you. Allow yourself to be as you are in this moment. Feel all that you are feeling and trust in the presence of God's spirit that blesses us in this moment and in moments to come. Hear these words. May you know that absence is alive with hidden presence, that nothing is ever lost or forgotten. May the absences in your life grow full of eternal echo. May you sense around you the secret elsewhere where the presences that you have left dwell. May you be generous in your embrace of loss. May the sore well of grief turn into a seamless flow of presence. May your compassion reach out to the ones we never hear from. May you have the courage to speak for the excluded ones. May you become the gracious and passionate subject of your own life. May you not disrespect your mystery through brittle words or false belongings. May you be embraced by God in whom dawn and twilight are one. May your longing inhabit its dreams within the great belonging. Let us pray. God, we come to you as we are, weary, tired, and mourning. Bless us with your spirit. Where we feel absence or emptiness, fill us with your presence and abundance. Help us to hold tightly to the pockets of joy we experience in you each day. And may they sustain us as we move on in this world, seeking your belonging. Amen. Hello, my young friends and anyone who is young at heart. It is a delight to be with you today. I'm aware I'm a little bit sad today because it is the day that we would normally have our children's Sunday at church. And I tell you what, it is one of my favorite Sundays all 
year because you all do such an amazing job teaching us about God's love and teaching us the stories of Jesus. And it is a delight to sit and to watch you love God and share that love with all of us. So I'm a little sad today that we can't be together to, to do that. However, I have a few friends who are going to remind us just how much Jesus loves us. And I hope you will listen in. Our friend Courtney helped us with this a couple weeks ago. And there are a couple more friends who are excited to share that good news today. So let's listen in. Jesus loves me. This I know. For the Bible tells me so. Little ones to him belong. They are weak, but he is strong. Yes, Jesus loves me. Yes, Jesus loves me. Yes, Jesus loves me. The Bible tells me so. If we can't have Children's Sunday, I think that is the next best thing. Thank you all so much for sharing with us just how much Jesus loves us. It is a gift to all of us this day, and we are grateful for each of you and the ways that you minister to us. So I'm going to say a prayer, and I'm mostly going to ask the grown-ups to pray with me today, but you can pray too, because we are going to give thanks today for the blessing of children and how wonderful it is that they are a part of our church family. So let's pray together, all of us together. Dear God, we thank you for the blessing of children. Help us to encourage them and to nurture their faith every single day. Amen. See you next time. As we come now to a time for scripture, let us prepare our hearts and minds in prayer. Let us pray. Spirit of the living God, fall afresh on us. Spirit of the living God, fall afresh on us. Melt us, mold us, fill us, use us. Spirit of the living God, fall afresh on us. Amen. Our scripture passage today comes from the Gospel of Luke, chapter 24. Listen for the word of the Lord. Now on that same day, two of them were going to a village called Emmaus, about seven miles from Jerusalem, and talking with each other about all the things that had happened. While they were talking and discussing, Jesus himself came near and went with them. But their eyes were kept from recognizing him. And he said to them, What are you discussing with each other while you were walking along? They stood still, looking sad. Then one of them, whose name was Cleopas, answered him, Are you the only stranger in Jerusalem who does not know the things that have taken place in these past days? He asked them, What things? 
they replied, the things about Jesus of Nazareth, who was a prophet, mighty in deed and word before God and all the people, and how our chief priests and leaders handed him over to be condemned to death and crucified him. But we had hoped that he was the one to redeem Israel. Yes, and besides all this, it is now the third day since these things took place. Moreover, same women, some women of our group astounded us. They were at the tomb early in the morning, and when they did not find his body there, they came back and told us that they had indeed seen a vision of angels who said that he was alive. Some of those who were with us went to the tomb and found it just as the women had said, but they did not see him. Then he said to them, Oh, how foolish you are! And how slow of heart to believe all that the prophets have declared. Was it not necessary that the Messiah should suffer these things and then enter into his glory? Then beginning with Moses and all the prophets, he interpreted to them the things about himself in all the scriptures. As they came near the village to which they were going, he walked ahead as if he were going on. But they urged him strongly, saying, Stay with us, because it is almost evening and the day is now nearly over. So he went in to stay with them. When he was at the table with them, he took bread, blessed it, and broke it, and gave it to them. And then their eyes were opened, and they recognized him, and he vanished from their sight. They said to each other, Were not our hearts burning within us while he was talking to us on the road, while he was opening the scriptures to us? That same hour they got up and returned to Jerusalem, and they found the eleven and their companions gathered together. They were saying, The Lord has risen indeed, and he has appeared to Simon. Then they told what had happened on the road and how he had been made known to them in the breaking of the bread. This is the gospel of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Their eyes were kept from recognizing him. This morning we continue our encounters with the risen Christ, moving away from the gospel of John and now entering into the gospel of Luke. And even though we're moving away from John's gospel, we find ourselves in a similar situation in our story this morning, in that disciples are finding themselves not being able to recognize what is exactly going on in their moment. Our story begins with two followers of Jesus who are outside of the intimate 11 group of apostles, and they are walking the dirt-ridden road outside of Jerusalem towards a small village called Emmaus. We do not know much about these disciples, except for an unidentifiable name in one of them named Cleopas. So they may have been there from the beginning, been there with Jesus in Galilee and walked hundreds of miles with him as this carpenter-turned-prophet was telling goosebump-inducing lessons and healing all kinds of people. They may have been there in Jerusalem when Jesus was unlawfully condemned and brutally dealt with and murdered in cold blood. 
They may have been there with the other 11 apostles, mourning with their friends now that their prophet and leader has died. We do not know much about these followers, but what we do know is two things. One, they were sad. As verse 11, verse 17 tells us, they stood still and were sad. These two walking on the road to Emmaus were a standing still kind of sad. And I can't walk and talk kind of sad. And I can't think to do too many things at once kind of sad. And I need to sit here with this feeling kind of sad. And the other thing we know about these disciples is that they could not recognize Jesus as he was right in front of them. I imagine each of us can resonate with the two disciples on their road to Emmaus. Certainly, we've all faced the it-hurts-too-much-to-move sadness at some point in our lives. But I also imagine we have all had hard times when something has kept us from recognizing God in our midst. Perhaps it's been the to-do lists and the checklists and all the things we fill our lives with to keep busy. Sorry, God, no time for you today. Perhaps it's been the noise of the world, a noise that fills our hearts and minds with skepticism and longing that we, we try to fill and repair with all the things of the world that are not God. Perhaps we're so saturated with the it hurts too much to move sadness that we have no room to welcome God into our hearts today. And that's okay. It's okay to be unable to see God at every turn and welcome God in. It's okay to feel as if we have roadblock after roadblock keeping us from recognizing Jesus right in front of us. We live in a world that tries everything it can to close us off from the power and love of God. But God still shows up on the road and God opens us back up. The disciples did not get very far before Jesus shows up on the road. Emmaus is on the outskirts of Jerusalem, so essentially the disciples didn't even get to the suburbs before Jesus appears to them. And when Jesus shows up, he does what he always does. He taught. He took the disciples aside and showed them the scriptures and how they can understand the world's events with also God's presence and love in their lives. And Jesus ate, he took bread, and he blessed it, and he broke it, and he gave thanks for the simple yet magical ways that God comes into the world through simple things like bread and fellowship around table. And through these acts of showing up, and teaching and eating, Jesus chipped away at the disciples' inability to recognize him until they were opened up to God's presence in their lives. He helped their minds recognize what Jesus was saying all along, that death does not have the last word, but that God does. And he helped their hearts feel the feelings that they had when they were sharing meals with Jesus back in Galilee, feeling the closeness of God before them, 
the thinness and the security and comfort that come with that. And through these simple acts of eating and teaching and showing up, Jesus was able to meet these two disciples on the road, literally walking away from their grief and trauma in Jerusalem, heads down in defeat, stuck in the sadness of their experience. And he was able to help them turn around and experience God's love in a way that had them running back towards Jerusalem in the middle of the night, proclaiming that Jesus is risen, Jesus is risen indeed. The disciples were given some of the worst the world could deal. Dashed hopes, fear for their lives, the death of a close friend. They thought what was good and true of the world died with Jesus on the cross. Their experience of their life closed off God's presence and Jesus right in front of their eyes. Yet Jesus showed up anyway. And little by little chipped away at the barrier between the disciples and between Jesus. Between the disciples and between God. And through simple acts, he was able to open up their world to abundant possibilities of life and love. Their hearts were burning. God had been made known to them. You might find yourself, like the disciples, stuck in a spot unable to move under the weight of your present situation, closed off from the ability to recognize God at all. And that's okay. But know that God is coming for you on the road. God is here for you. The God who created the stars that shine brightly millions of miles away is the same God who loves us so much that God came in the form of a tiny, vulnerable baby. The God who is all-powerful and always present is the same God who displays that power and presence through a companion who shows up on the road alongside us, who walks a while with his friends and sits with them around a meal. Our experience of the world right now, including the intensity and variety of the feelings we have, those are not absent of the God who is powerful and mighty. Instead, our story for today tells us that God meets us in all of those feelings. God meets us where we are. God breaks into the world and meets us on the road even when we feel closed off from God's presence. Unable to recognize Christ in our midst, God is there to break down the wall between us. To open us up and our world to witness God's overflowing presence and love. Like the blessing from John O'Donohue and like the disciples grieving the loss of Christ who was right in front of their eyes. Even absence is not void of God's presence, but is alive 
with hidden presence. The deepest parts of our being know this to be true and long to be freed to embrace God in our midst. So may you know that absence is alive with hidden presence, that nothing is ever lost or forgotten. May you be embraced by God in whom dawn and twilight are one. May your longing inhabit its dreams within the great belonging. Thanks be to God. Amen. Let us join our voices together as we affirm what we believe through a portion of a brief statement of faith that can be found in your home worship bulletin. Together, let us state what we believe. In life and in death, we belong to God, who inspired the prophets and apostles, rules our faith and life in Christ through Scripture, engages us through the word proclaimed, claims us in the waters of baptism, feeds us with the bread of life and the cup of salvation, and calls women and men to all ministries of the church. In a broken and fearful world, the Spirit gives us courage to pray without ceasing, to witness among all peoples to Christ as Lord and Savior, to unmask idolatries in church and culture, to hear the voices of peoples long silenced, and to work with others for justice, freedom, and peace. In gratitude to God, empowered by the Spirit, we strive to serve Christ in our daily task and to live holy and joyful lives, even as we watch for God's new heaven and new earth, praying, Come, Lord Jesus. Friends, even when we feel closed off from God's presence in our midst, know that Christ is there chipping away at the barriers between us, so that way we can feel God's love and abundance, even in small ways. So let us take time now for a time for prayer. We approach the section in our home worship bulletin titled, A Pause for Prayer. So I invite you to take out a piece of paper and pen or turn to the people you are worshiping with and answer some of the questions that we put before you today. The questions are, what has closed you from the presence of God this week? What has opened you to the presence of God this week? How might you have opened the presence of God to others? We're going to encourage you to pause the video for a time. And when you're done writing or sharing with the people you are with, feel free to turn the video back on and come back together for a collective time for prayer. Let us pray. Merciful and mothering God, you are closer to us than the air we breathe, always joining us on the road of this life no matter where we find ourselves walking. You call us by name. You care for us as your children. You accompany us along the way. 
This day we are particularly grateful for women who have accompanied us along the way. Those who we call mother and those who have been like mothers to us. You, O Lord, are the one who from our mother's arms hath blessed us on our way with countless gifts of love and still is ours today. Scripture has prepared us to recognize that by your grace, mothering takes many forms. And so we pray for the many mothers around us. We pray for those who, like Jesus' mother Mary, have been surprised by the unexpected responsibility of parenting. Remind us, O oh God, not so much of the circumstances through which children come into the world, but that they are always a gift from you. Help us to always see your image in them. We pray for those mothers who, like Naomi, find themselves parenting someone outside the predictable patterns of mothering. Bless this day, O oh God, all grandparents, aunts, uncles, foster parents, adoptive parents, and anyone who cares for children with their whole heart. We give thanks for those like Ruth who became caregivers for their elders. Because the generations that need to be mothered and the seasons of our lives, they can change. And we sometimes find ourselves mothering those who have even forgotten who we are. We take strength in knowing that you remember their identity when they no longer do. Grant courage and strength to all those who provide care in your name. We pray for those who, like Hannah, have struggled with the task of letting go of a child. Teach us to support our children even when the calling of their hearts does not meet our greatest hope for them. We pray for those who, like many women in the Bible, longed to be a mother. Comfort those for whom this journey is long. Comfort those for whom this journey feels unending. We pray for those like Mary or Rachel who have known the deepest agony of a child's death. Remind them again that nothing can separate their child from your certain love. Give strength and peace to those who mourn and those who cannot stop mourning. Despite our best efforts, O oh God, families are breached and broken by death, disaster, or disagreement. Help us like Martha, Mary, and Lazarus to regroup our families in confident hope that in due season wounds shall be healed and oneness restored. On this day we set aside to remember mothering, we also call to mind those men who are called to the vocation of mothering those who in the absence of another seek the heart of a Mary or a Rachel. Let us renew our commitment to uphold them this day. Loving God, the bond between parent and child can be the most intimate and nurturing of our lives. And when this is our experience, 
It is indeed a foretaste of your realm. And when this is not our experience, we look to you for comfort and for healing and for the reminder that you accompany us on every road in this life that we travel. Empower us to be a people who pray and work and laugh and weep with mothers and children in whatever circumstance is most faithful. Guide us along the way, O God. May we be open to your presence. And now hear us as we join our voices together as the people of God, praying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts, as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever. Amen. Friends, know that there is nothing that can close us off from the love of God. Instead, God is constantly breaking into the world and chipping away at the barriers between us and the mystery of God's presence. So go knowing that you are blessed and surrounded by this love and presence of God. And as we go, my friends, may the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you, be with those you love, be with those you are called to love, this day and forevermore. And together we say, Amen.
Oh